Is Odell Beckham the missing piece for the Baltimore Ravens offense? Assuming Lamar Jackson stays, we talk about Beckham going to Baltimore. We look at the Tennessee Titans and their extension with Jeffrey Simmons. Also check in on the Super Bowl champion, Kansas City Chiefs, and so much more coming up next here on this Monday edition of Locked On NFL. You are Locked On NFL. Your daily NFL podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Welcome into another edition of the Locked On NFL Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. It's Monday. That means you have me, Kevin Ostrecker, one of the many NFL experts here on our network. We're free and available on all podcasting platforms. You can subscribe for free, both on YouTube and in audio form wherever you get your podcasts. And we are a daily NFL podcast five days per week. So thank you for tuning in here and making us your first listen each and every day. And this episode of Locked On NFL is sponsored by BetterHelp. BetterHelp connects you with a licensed therapist who can take you on that journey of self-discovery from wherever you are. Visit BetterHelp.com slash Locked On today to get 10% off of your first month. And we're back here. It is a Monday edition. And it was a crazy Sunday, at least for me. I'm the Locked On Ravens host, the Baltimore Ravens signing Odell Beckham Jr., by far the best wide receiver still out there on the free agent market. So here in the first segment, We'll be talking about Odell and if he can be the missing piece for this Ravens offense and if he can take that offense over the top with Lamar Jackson, assuming Lamar stays in Baltimore. And in the second segment, we'll be checking in with Tyler Rowland of Locked On Titans, the Titans signing Jeffrey Simmons to a massive extension, almost $100 million over four years. We'll talk about what that means for the Tennessee defense. And then finally, we'll talk with Chris Clark of Locked On Chiefs about the Richie James signing, looking at Jawan Taylor and what he compares as to Orlando Brown Jr., who they lost to Cincinnati, and so much more. We take it through the biggest stories here each and every week on Locked On NFL, so be sure, again, to subscribe to the channel. And I really appreciate all the support that we have here over here on this channel and the audio show as well. But first, let's start off here. I will take you through the Odell Beckham news as it was big for the Ravens. On Sunday evening, the Ravens end up announcing the move and it was reported by Ian Rappaport first and then obviously everybody caught wind of it. It's a one-year deal for Odell, up to $18 million, $15 million in guarantees. The signing bonus is right around $13.1-ish million and then the base salary is right around one and a little more than $1 million. So, the Ravens have an opportunity here with Odell Beckham in the fold to finally give Lamar Jackson a proven number one option. Now, Odell is not the Odell that we saw in New York. That version, I believe, is not there anymore. Odell is soon to be 31 years old, coming off of two major surgeries, two major injuries in a pretty short amount of time. Obviously, he didn't play the 2022 season as he was recovering from that torn ACL he suffered in the Super Bowl. The Rams won that game, and Odell was a big contributor but to me, Odell Beckham is still a low-end wide receiver one. I don't think he's one of the 10 best receivers in the league anymore. I don't think he's in that top five conversation. But he can still give you very, very quality snaps. And next to a guy like Rashad Bateman, next to a guy like Devin Duvernay, you have Mark Andrews in that offense. You have J.K. Dobbins and Gus Edwards. I really do think this offense can be really, really good. And this offense, it's one that was under Greg Roman ever since 2019. That 2019 season was phenomenal, historic especially for Lamar Jackson and, and all the rushing records that the team broke as well. But it just didn't have that same punch, that same oomph. And now Todd Munkin takes over someone who is known for throwing the football, no, known to love to throw the football. 
And he was with Odell in Cleveland during his one year as the offensive coordinator there and spoke very highly of him during his introductory press conference. So that Todd Munkin connection, getting Odell, or at least helping Odell Beckham Jr. get to Baltimore, Lamar and Odell reportedly having conversations that they want to team up and, and win a Super Bowl with the Ravens. Now, is is that a one-year team up? Is that multiple years? We don't know. This is a one-year contract for Odell. The, the specifications of it are that it's up to $18 million and the fifteen in guaranteed money, but the Ravens don't have that money. The Ravens entered the day on Sunday having right around $6-ish million in cap space. So where are you going to work in those guarantees? Is it going to be a restructure? Or are there going to be void years? Void years have become very popular throughout the NFL in recent seasons. So we'll, we'll see what happens there. But with Odell now, it, it, this is the veteran move they needed. They've, they've gone the route with the young guys. They've spent a ton of draft capital on these young players, Rashad Bateman, Devin DuVernay. You know, they, they draft Marquise Brown and Miles Boykin in 2019 as well. It'd be fine. And they can still take the approach to draft a Jackson Smith and Jigba or a Zay Flowers or a Jordan Addison or a Quentin Johnston in the first round. This also gives them a ton of, a ton more draft flexibility, which I think they needed. They have a huge need at corner right now. They have Marlon Humphrey and, and no one else. If a Joey Porter Jr. slides, maybe they take a, a Deontay Banks or a Cam Smith in the first round. This also gives them the option to trade down. So it's not just a win for them on the field. I think that it's a win for them in terms of what they can do for the rest of the offseason. And now Odell, $18 million, $50 million guarantees. Is that an overpay? I say it's a slight overpay. I do. I've been very consistent, at least over on Locked on Ravens and, and also on Twitter, saying that Odell at $20 million, which is which was his initial asking price, I think was an overpay. $15 million, which was his reported new asking price, also an overpay. So I do think this deal is a slight overpay for the Ravens. But in this world, the Ravens, they, they needed to get a guy for this offense, Lamar or not, whether it was DeAndre Hopkins or Cortland Sutton or Odell. And Odell, I think the money talked to him a little bit. I'm not saying he came to Baltimore just for the money. I think there is a clear Lamar Jackson connection. He said he felt the love with the Ravens a little more than the Jets. And obviously, I know that there are 15 million reasons, at least, to feel that love. But at the same time, this feels like a place Odell does want to be. That's very encouraging. And this offense has gotten the kind of the reputation over recent seasons, especially under Greg Roman, of being the offense where receivers go to die, where receivers get four targets a game, two receptions. And that's really what it was. The passing offense ran through the tight ends. It ran through not really the wide receivers. It, it was a tight end first pass offense, and it was a run first offense. I'm not saying the Ravens are going to be a team that throws the ball 50 times a game now, but I believe Todd Munkin, as he has shown throughout his 10 years, both in the NFL and in college, will utilize his personnel to the best of their abilities and be able to get the ball into his top playmaker's hands and right now, you have Mark Andrews and Odell Beckham as two guys who can make a lot of noise for you with the football. Rashad Bateman's shown the potential. So has Devin Duvernay. J.K. Dobbins and Gus Edwards can, can obviously do work in the run game. The key to this, though, is will Lamar be there? Personally, I don't think Odell would have signed if Lamar wasn't going to be there, at least for this season. Maybe Lamar plays under that fully guaranteed franchise tag. He signs that and then is able to negotiate a long-term deal next offseason. Then we're kind of back to where we started here. So I know that's probably not ideal. Again, the ideal situation for the Ravens, the ideal outcome of that scenario is Lamar signing a long-term extension. But now at the same time, you at least have some insurance for Lamar to say, well, 
if he doesn't sign, if he goes somewhere else, maybe Odell plays with a rookie quarterback. Maybe he plays with Tyler Huntley. I just don't think the move makes a lot of sense if Lamar wasn't going to be there, especially on this big one-year guaranteed contract where they could have addressed their defense. And look, I'm all for the Ravens spending on offense. That's a topic I've talked about a lot where they've had this kind of unwillingness to really spend on offense outside of a couple of contracts. You have to start pushing that money towards the offensive side of the ball, but this is not a long-term solution at wide receiver. Obviously, Odell, again, soon to be 31. We'll see what ends up happening. But at the end of the day, the Ravens get their guy. They get a number one wideout, still a low-end wide receiver one in my eyes, a move that hopefully will propel Lamar Jackson into Baltimore for at least the 2023 season and hopefully beyond. But coming up on our second segment, we'll be diving into a bit of Titans talk with Tyler Rowland of Locked On Titans as we talk about Jeffrey Simmons and more. So be sure to stay tuned. So a lot to dive into on Locked On NFL. But first, this show is sponsored by BetterHelp. And getting to know yourself can be a lifelong process, especially because we're always growing and changing. And again, you learn a ton throughout the course of your life. You know, you like different things, you feel different things. And therapy is all about deepening your self-awareness of understanding because sometimes we don't know what we want or why we react the way we do until we talk through things. BetterHelp connects you with a licensed therapist who can take you on that journey of self-discovery from wherever you are. And so many people have benefited from therapy and whether or not you've been to therapy, you can have a lot of benefits from it. And those can be learning positive coping skills, how to set boundaries, empowering you to be the best version of yourself. It isn't just for those who've experienced major trauma also. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists at any time for no additional charge. Discover your potential with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com slash locked on today to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P.com slash locked on. We are back. Our second segment, Locked On NFL here on Monday. Kevin Ostriker, your host, still here with you. And we just talked about Odell Beckham Jr. in the Ravens. And if you want more on Odell Beckham Jr. and the Ravens, be sure to check out my work over at the Locked On Ravens podcast, part of Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. But now we're going to be moving away from Baltimore, going to Tennessee and talking with Tyler Rowland of Locked On Titans. As the Titans locked up a star defender in Jeffrey Simmons, four years, $94 million. We'll talk with Tyler about what that means for the Titans, what it could mean draft-wise for them as well. So let's dive into that conversation now. Well, the Tennessee Titans making a big splash, getting one of their own back on a big extension four years at $94 million. And Jeffrey Simmons, the star defensive lineman here to talk about that. And the Titans in general, Tyler Rowland, the host over at Locked On Titans. And Tyler, Jeffrey Simmons, one of the key pieces on that defense for now years. What does he bring to this defensive unit and how happy were you with the extension? Oh, uh, well, the extension is huge. And we'll talk about that first and foremost, just how important it is. The Titans have a new general manager and Rand Carthon, who they brought over from the San Francisco 49ers. And while he's made some free agent signings, the biggest priority that he's had the entire offseason is figuring out what to do with Jeffrey Simmons. He's been all pro, second team all pro, two seasons in a row. He is the foundation piece of the defense. And you have you have to understand that, you know, for the fan base and probably people in the building for the Titans as well. They gave away the offensive foundation piece. Everybody can talk about Derrick Henry, Ryan Tannehill, all that. A.J. Brown was the explosive uh, difference maker for the Titans offense, and they traded him away. And that was a big blow to the morale of the fan base, of the organization. So going from watching A.J. Brown leave 
and getting traded away and doing what he did in Philadelphia this year and then seeing Jeffrey Simmons not get re-signed or seeing Jeffrey Simmons get traded, that would be like a fatal blow for the fan base and how they feel about the organization and how much confidence people would have that the Titans are a serious organization that wants to win. So it's more than just securing what I believe is the third best interior defensive lineman in the NFL behind Aaron Donald and Chris Jones. You secure that player from a football standpoint, it's absolutely huge because, again, he is the foundational piece that the Titans' defense has built around. But from, from a larger and a bigger than football perspective, this is just a, a, a very good feeling for the fan base and for the people around the organization knowing that in back-to-back years, yeah, one of them got away, but you're not going to let the other one get away. And Jeffrey Simmons being back in Tennessee for that reason is big for, for multiple vantage points. It's a huge signing. Uh, with the new GM, big for him to gain the confidence of the fan base to get it done. So a lot of different factors play into it, but this is the biggest thing that could have happened throughout the Titans offseason. Yeah, I think a big sigh of relief for a lot of the fan base knowing exactly that Simmons that. is now staying in Tennessee for the long term. Mm-hmm. But you talk about the on-field production. I mean, he you're right. He's been one of the best defensive linemen in this league now, and he's a star at his position. So with him coming back, how does this kind of shape the foundation and the future of what this Titans defense can be? Well, I, I think once you start with Jeffrey Simmons, you could put pieces around him. The thing is, the Titans had a, a, a lame end to the season last year, losing seven games in a row. But they also had like 23 players on injured reserve without Tannehill, without starters on the offensive line. People uh, with the team that you cover, the Baltimore Ravens, will understand how that works. Um, so with that, the Titans maybe didn't represent themselves as the type of team that they truly are. And I think... Uh, there's already kind of a a feeling that the Titans aren't for real based on what they did in 2021. So the general feel around the NFL is that the Titans aren't for real. So when they go on a seven-game losing streak to end the year, nobody wants to hear about injuries. Nobody wants to hear about the talent. Nobody wants to hear about all this. Oh, yeah, that's who we thought the Titans were all along. So I, I think as long as you have Jeffrey Simmons and you have him in place, now you get Harold Landry back who tore his ACL before the, before the season started last year. You still have Danico Autry. The Titans are tendering and bringing back nose tackle Tierra Tart. They added Arden Key in free agency. The Titans' defensive line has always been at the center of their success over the last few seasons. So as long as you have Jeffrey Simmons in place, then you could put people around him. And because it's all the attention that he gets triple, double teams consistently, it puts other guys in one-on-one situations like a Danico Autry, like a Harold Landry, like a Arden Key, like a Rashad Weaver, and it allows those guys to win. And everything about what the Titans do as a team at this point is based on the defense. The defense has carried them. And since Arthur Smith left to go to the go to the Atlanta Falcons to be their head coach, the Titans' offense hasn't been what it was for a couple of years. So the defense has led them. With Jeffrey Simmons in place, now that Titans defense can play their best, and that'll allow the Titans to play their best as a team. So this this is a huge signing for not only the defense, but for the entire team in general. Yeah, and I think now as Tennessee kind of looks to get back on track and put the best possible team out there, we have the draft coming up in a couple weeks here. Tyler, obviously Tennessee has a high draft pick they can use. Yep. Where do you want to see them go throughout the, the entire course of this draft to kind of put the best team out there and support not only the defense of Jeffrey Simmons, but also the offense? Well, of course, I think if you stop your average Titans fan on the street and said, what do they need? They tell you wide receiver. And look, the Titans do desperately need wide receiver. Right now, Nick Westbrook-Akine 
is their number two wide receiver on the depth chart. Traylon Burks is a very talented rookie. You got to have optimism there, but it's fair to say the Titans have the worst wide receiver group in the NFL. So you ask your average Titans fan, they're going to say, we need a wide receiver. But personally, for me, you look at the value of wide receiver. I think you can get good wide receivers in the mid rounds on day two in this draft. I'm not super high on the top end of the wide receiver class and Jackson Smith and Jigba would be my number one, but Quentin Johnston, Zay Flowers, Jordan Addison, I don't really know if any of those guys are worth the number 11 pick. So for me, I still look at the offensive line. If you can open holes for Derrick Henry and you can give Ryan Tannehill time, they're going to be able to get the job done. So even though the Titans added two offensive linemen in free agency, I don't think that either of them, Andre Dillard at tackle or Daniel Brunskill on the interior, I don't think either of those guys are long-term solutions. For the Titans. So I wouldn't use that as any reason to pass on offensive line. To me, I look at Paris Johnson Jr. from Ohio State, the offensive tackle. I look at Peter Skaronsky, the offensive tackle. He's got really short arms. So a lot of scouts think he's going to play guard at the next level. Hey, the Titans need guards and tackles, baby. So that's perfectly fine. So for me, I'm still, and maybe it's because I was raised by an old school football coach, but I still think that offensive line is more important than wide receiver, and with the values and the talent that is available at the top of the draft, I think the offensive linemen are better prospects long-term than the wide receivers, so I still would like to see the Titans go offensive line with Paris Johnson Jr. at tackle or Peter Skaronsky. If they aren't there, if both those players aren't there, then fine, perfectly, go ahead, consider Jackson Smith and Jigba, Quentin Johnston, sure, no problem there, but if the Titans have their pick of offensive line and wide receivers, I think they should go with the offensive line. Huge shout out to Tyler for joining me, talking some Jeffrey Simmons and the Titans team that's looking to get back on track. And for more on Tyler's work and the Titans, be sure to check out the Locked On Titans podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. But coming up in our final segment, we'll be diving into the Super Bowl champions and what they've been up to over the course of this offseason with Chris Clark of Locked On Chiefs, talking Richie James, Kadarius Tony, Jawan Taylor, Orlando Brown Jr., and a lot more. So be sure to stay tuned. So lots to dive into on Locked On NFL. But first, this episode is brought to you by FanDuel. And Grand Slams, no hitters and double plays are back, and there's no better place to get in on the MLB action than FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook. That's because right now new customers can step up to the plate with no sweat first bet. Up to $1,000, just go to FanDuel.com slash Locked On to sign up, place your first bet, and get up to $1,000 back in bonus bets if you don't win. And you can bet on Aaron Judge picking up where he left off with a home run. Maybe a pitcher goes over on strikeouts. You can also go to same game parlay with your favorite matchup of the day. So let me show you a no sweat first bet. Up to $1,000 when you join FanDuel today. Just go to FanDuel.com slash locked on to sign up. FanDuel official partner of Major League Baseball. We're back rounding out locked on NFL here on Monday. Kevin Allstriker still here with you again. Thank you so much for all the support here on the show. Be sure to subscribe for free, both in video form and in audio form as well. Five days a week, daily NFL content here. But now we're going to be diving into what the Chiefs have been doing this offseason. The defending Super Bowl champions, Chris Clark, locked on Chiefs. I'll be talking about all the receiver moves, what they could still do with that position, and a lot more now. Well, the Kansas City Chiefs have had their hand in the 2023 offseason trying to get their roster up to snuff to get back to the Super Bowl. And here to talk about that with me is one of the hosts of Locked On Chiefs, Chris Clark. And Chris, I know there's been a lot of conversation about Kansas City, obviously one on that Super Bowl run and won the second Super Bowl of the Patrick Mahomes 
era, but now the goal for them is to get back there and maybe win another one. And I know the Chiefs have undergone some change this offseason, particularly one offensive line and two wide receiver. Let's start wide receiver-wise, though. The Chiefs signing Richie James. They lose Juju Smith-Schuster to the New England Patriots. What's kind of the state of Kansas City's wide receiver room right now? Right now, I think that they need help. Uh, you are in a situation where you have Sky Moore, you have Kadarius Tony. You're expecting both of those guys to step up and to take larger roles going forward. You hope that MBS takes another step forward uh, in the second year of his time in Kansas City. But the reality is, is I think that you still need to add more talent to this wide receiver room. I think that uh, you're looking at a situation where they need to add somebody in the draft. And Richie James, I, I think, can be – a role type guy. And what I mean by that is if you look at Kansas City last year, they had Justin Watson and maybe Watson's another guy that they bring back later after the draft has happened. We'll see. Uh, but he's a guy that fit a role for them, stepped in, did what he needed to do and, and did what they wanted him to do and was reliable enough. Mahomes trusted him. And to me, this is a, a move that kind of goes along those same lines. I don't think that this is going to be a high end, uh, high reward type move, but it is something that gives you depth and gives you another guy that could be one of your returners. Yeah, and I know that a lot of people in Kansas City, Chris, are really excited about Kadarius Tony and what we saw from him towards the end of last season, how we can continue that heading into this year. Are the Chiefs kind of setting things up right now to maybe give Tony a really, really substantial role in this offense? I think they are, but I also would be curious to see what he's doing to rehab his body. His biggest problem going through this, these past two years is availability. And if he's not going to be available, it doesn't matter how good of a player he is. He's not going to be able to help your offense on a regular basis. So I think that that's the biggest thing that he's got to focus on is trying to get himself to where he can play, you know, 16, 17 games a season plus the playoffs. And then if he can get to that point, I think you saw last year what he's able to do. If he can play 16 to 17 games and play, you know, 50, 60 snaps a game, Kansas City's going to be in good shape with Kadarius Tony. But I still think that on top of Tony and, and more, you're still going to be looking to add another wide receiver. Yeah, and speaking of that, Chris, I think a lot of people have linked Kansas City and guys like DeAndre Hopkins to the team. We could come in, yep. be that number one guy for them. Are those options pretty realistic, or do you feel like that's more far-fetched at this point? I wouldn't say that it's far-fetched. I would say that DeAndre Hopkins is going to have to be willing to take a huge hit in pay this season. Uh, he's going to have to be willing to pet, bet on himself. And quite honestly, I think that Kansas City is waiting to the point now where if he is going to be an option, he's going to have to be somebody that they're going to have to wait in for the Cardinals to cut him, which I do think is coming at some point. They just There just hasn't been a trade market there. His contract makes that kind of prohibitive. Uh, and so I think you're in a situation where I think that if they cut him and he's willing to come in for an incentive-laden deal, then maybe he can be in Kansas City. But I, that's really the only way he's going to be able to be here. You know, you look at Odell Beckham just signed a, a deal with the Ravens and you're looking at a situation where he's signing for $18 million. Kansas City can't do that. Uh, not and be a good steward with their salary cap because they're going to have to, they would have to do a lot of void years to be able to make that work. Yeah. And I know void years becoming very popular throughout the NFL and how teams maneuver through those contracts. But Chris, let's move to the offensive line aspect of this offense, where obviously the big shift from Orlando Brown Jr. who signs with the Bengals to Jawan Taylor who comes in on that four-year deal. What are you kind of looking at in terms of the switch there? Is it an upgrade? You know, is it kind of a push? Is it a downgrade? What do both those guys bring in what that deal is now with Kansas City? Taylor has better feet. So the question is going to be, how is he going to acclimate to the left side? And 
really, you know, Ryan and I have been talking about this. Is he even going to play left tackle? You know, there's been a lot of questions whether or not Kansas City is going to be trading up to go try to get a franchise left tackle in this draft. There's three or four guys that probably fit that bill, and if they could go up and get one of them, maybe you keep Jawan Taylor right tackle and have a fantastic offensive line uh, protecting Patrick Mahomes because if you can protect Mahomes, I think you're going to be going and seeing yourself at least in the AFC Championship game again more than likely uh, and, pro- and maybe even the Super Bowl. So I-, I think that Taylor is an upgrade. When it comes to the Chiefs and their tackles, they like to be able to put guys on islands. Uh, if Taylor is going to play right tackle, I think that they feel very comfortable with him being on the island. Uh, that's going to give you more people to go out and get routes, which routes, which is going to help uh, the wide receivers who have struggled at times getting separation. Uh, so that could really help. And if he ends up playing left tackle, I think that that's another thing that you got to look at is, is he going to be a guy that they can stick out there on an island and they don't have to help? They had to help Brown a lot when it came to, you know, chips and, you know, running guys at him and, and really – you know, trying to help him because his feet weren't that great. He had a lot of strength, but he struggled against speed. So I do think that this is going to be an upgrade. It's just going to be a question of whether or not it's going to be a huge upgrade or maybe incremental. And if, if the Chiefs stay put with their draft capital, obviously the draft coming up in a couple of weeks here, where, where do you kind of look at what positions they're targeting? Do you have any players in mind for them with the course of what they could do over draft weekend? It's going to be a big question of whether or not they want to move up. Um Picking at 31, you're going to be picking a guy that you have a second-round grade on. Uh, There's just pretty much no way around that. You're going to have mainly probably 15, 16, maybe 17 first-round grades. None of those guys are likely to slide to 31. So unless you're going to trade up, you're going to be taking somebody in the first round with a second-round type uh, that's a second-round type talent. Uh, Kansas City did did well last year, so we'll see if they do that again. With all the draft capital they have and, and with the holes that they have, I almost wonder if they're going to start trading some of these picks and trying to move up into the draft to go get a blue chip type player, whether that's a tackle or wide receiver or maybe even defensive end. There's a lot of different guys in a lot of different ways that they could go that could really help this offense and just help the team in general. Yeah, and I know with Kansas City trying to make that roster even better than that Super Bowl one, they've lost some guys, they've brought some guys in, so we'll see how that all unfolds. But for more on the Chiefs and Chris's work, be sure to check out the Locked On Chiefs podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Chris, thanks so much. Thanks to Chris for talking Kansas City Chiefs with me. And again, maybe DeAndre Hopkins is the answer. Maybe they just give Kadarius Tony a ton of snaps, but... With Patrick Mahomes there, the Chiefs, I think, will always be competitors till he starts to slow down, which doesn't appear to be coming anytime soon. And for more on the Chiefs, be sure to check out the Locked On Chiefs podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day, and be sure to support Chris's work over there. But that's all I have for you here today for Locked On NFL. Thank you so much for tuning in today. I'm going to get back here tomorrow. It's more NFL content with your Tuesday host. So be sure to stay tuned for that, and we'll see you right back here tomorrow.